listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. It's another Wednesday where we're having to deal with another day, another shooting in the gun-free zone, another horrific attack on Americans by ISIS-inspired terrorists, by Islamic terrorists, by a homegrown Muslim terrorist, in this case. He was born in the United States, but he still became a terrorist. <clears throat> and that seems to be happening more and more. We also have terrorists we know coming across our border. But this guy, this particular terrorist, was inspired by ISIS. He bragged about being inspired by ISIS. He goes into a gun-free zone, a nightclub. Now, there was one armed security guard there, as, as I recall, but he knew who he was and where he was and knew he was armed, and I think he was one of the first people that was shot. And then this crazy Islamic terrorist opens fire on hundreds of innocent people, none of who were in a position to shoot back, none of who had weapons. And even the bartenders apparently had, had weapons under the bar, which, of course, here in Texas is probably the norm. But in places like Florida, it's a no-no. So how much of this is going to, are we going to let happen before we stop the gun-free zones? The shootings are happening in our schools, in our universities, in churches, in malls, in theaters, now in bars, where guns are prohibited. And it's just going to keep getting worse because we're not allowing our citizens to protect ourselves. And to add insult to injury here, <clears throat> this was an ISIS-inspired attack. Whether or not there was direct communications, we don't know yet, but I'm hearing from more and more sources that this was not a lone wolf attack. But there may have been as many as two to four people involved besides the shooter. There may have been several snipers involved. You know, this was, he did committed a lot of carnage in a fairly short period of time. So it makes me wonder if, in fact, what some witnesses have said is true, that there was more than one person involved. If so, then that is a pretty good indication that this was orchestrated by a foreign entity like ISIS. But what's the response of our president and the Democrats to this? Have we increased bombing of ISIS targets in Syria and Iraq? We should be bombing the hell out of them. We should be hitting them with 250 sorties a day. Are we doing that? Nope. In fact, I don't think we've increased the bombing at all. It may, in fact, have de decreased. When the Iraqis were trying to take Fallujah, which they still have not done successfully, I found out that 30 airstrikes were launched by U.S. forces. 
in support of the Iraqi ground forces. Of those 30 planes, only one was actually allowed to deliver its payload, to fire its rockets, and drop its bombs. All the others were denied the opportunity to bomb ISIS because there might have been civilians in the area. Well, we know that ISIS uses civilians as cover. That's on them. That's not on us. The idea that we are going to fight this politically correct war until we end up all dead or living under Sharia law is just important to me. But the fact of the matter is that this, this government of ours did not respond to this attack by ISIS by going after ISIS in an even stronger way. Instead, the Dems have launched, declared war on American gun owners. They are right now, as I speak, filibustering in the U.S. Senate to force votes on gun control legislation. Now, to begin with, filibusters are supposed to stop legislation from being introduced and passed, not force legislation to be introduced and passed. So this is, you know, grandstanding, publicity hunting by liberal Democrats. And we have Hillary... Clinton going around saying we have to stop people on the do not fly list from being able to legally purchase guns. And they keep referring to this as a terrorist watch list. Well, what they're talking about is not really a terrorist watch list. Because if you're on the no fly list, basically anybody in the works of the federal government can put you on that list. But really, as far as I know, any employee of an airline can put you on that list. They don't have to notify you you're on the list. They don't have to question you. They don't have to give you a reason for putting you on that list. And they do not have to take you off the list, even if it turns out you're not a terrorist. So they want to, and some Republicans are going along with this, saying, okay, we're going to Stop people that are on that list from being able to purchase a firearm. Well, it sounds very noble, except there are thousands of people on that list that don't belong. There are members of Congress on that list that don't even know they're on the list, probably. There are people that are on that list for no reason whatsoever, no discernible reason, or simply because their name is similar to someone else in the country that may or may not be involved with terrorism or may or may not be a criminal, but they have the same name or a similar name, so they get put on the list. And they can't get off. That means under this proposal by members of Congress, once you're on that list, you lose your Second Amendment rights forever. And there's no recourse. There's nothing you can do about it. Then we have the call by the Democrats to ban assault weapons. And media, including Fox News, which ought to know better, keeps referring to the weapon used by the terrorists as an assault weapon. It was not an automatic weapon. First of all, they were saying it was an AR-15. It turns out it was not an AR-15. 
but it was a semi-automatic weapon. Now, as a member of the military, former member of the military, I can tell you that the assault weapons that we knew about were automatic weapons, the M16, the M4, the M60 machine gun, the 50 caliber machine gun. Those were assault weapons because they fired rapid fire automatic automatically. These are automatic weapons. You pull the trigger once and it emptied your clip. A semi-automatic weapon, you have to pull the trigger to fire each shot. Now, according to the brilliant congressman from Florida, the, the Democrat, Alan Grayson, the shooter at the Pulse nightclub was able to fire 700 rounds per minute. 700 rounds per minute. Pulling the trigger 700 times in one minute. Physically impossible. But this dummy was, you know, telling this to a CNN reporter who thanked him profusely and agreed with him totally that he was correct. Now, the actual weapon, apparently, that the shooter used, if you're good, if you know what you're doing, you might be able to get off 45 rounds in a minute. That's if you don't have to stop and reload. That's pretty horrific, but it's not 700 rounds per minute. It's not an assault weapon. But they want to ban so-called assault weapons. Let me tell you about the definition of assault weapons that I have seen proposed by many members of the Democratic House of Representatives in the Senate. They want to ban and classify these assault weapons not on the basis of them being automatic weapons, not even on the basis of them being semi-automatic weapons. That's only one of the reasons they're going to use. The others are the number of bullets that can be put into a clip that will fit into this weapon. That's another criteria that they will use exclusively to ban certain types of weapons. Let me tell you about the the weapons that they're talking about. A 22 caliber rifle, bolt action, that has a clip that you insert into it that contains over 10 rounds would fall in this definition and be an assault weapon. It doesn't matter if you actually have a clip that holds over 10 rounds. It's just the capability of being able to hold over 10 rounds that would get it banned. 22 caliber bolt action. That was my first rifle when I was a kid. That was the first firearm I gave to each of my sons. When they got about 12 years old, I gave them a 22 caliber bolt action rifle and taught them how to use it. So what they're looking to do is just essentially ban all rifles in this country. And then they're going to try to ban all the pistols. We're looking at the loss of our Second Amendment rights. We're looking at this being done by Hillary Clinton deliberately with no concern about the safety of Americans or the Second Amendment rights we have. 
you know, Donald Trump is being blasted for saying that Hillary wants to abolish the Second Amendment. Well, yeah, she does. Listen to the statements she's made over the years. Read what's on her website. Obama is furious with Trump and makes this passionate speech about how Trump is wrong for demanding and other Republicans are wrong for demanding that Obama identify our enemy for what it is, Islamic terrorism. He gets furious with Republicans for doing that. He didn't show nearly that much anger about the, on behalf of the 49 dead people and 53 wounded in the Pulse. He didn't get passionate when he talks about fighting ISIS. He gets passionate when he talks about gun control. He gets passionate when he talks about people who disagree with him. Let's take our first break. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So the Democrats are very, very angry over the shooting incident. But they don't seem to be particularly angry at radical Islam. Don't seem to be particularly angry at the shooter. Their anger is directed at the National Rifle Association. I'm sure at me, because I support the right to keep and bear arms. Certainly the United States Justice Foundation, we support it. We've been working on that issue for years and years. But the Democrats are going after 
you and I, honest American gun owners, people who own weapons to protect themselves and their families and their property, we're not supposed to be allowed to do that anymore. But we're not going to be allowed to protect ourselves. Who can we rely on to protect us? Certainly not the federal government. Obama doubled down after this incident on bringing even more unvetted Syrian refugees into this country, more potential terrorists, dumping them all over the country in various cities, and putting American lives at risk. But we're not going to be allowed to protect ourselves from these people. Something else interesting about this incident in Orlando, the Orlando Police Department used the Bearcat, an armored vehicle, that basically knocked down the wall and allowed the SWAT to get into the to the club and to take out the shooter. They also, one SWAT member in the shootout with the killer was hit in the head by a bullet fired by the terrorist. He did not die. He did not suffer serious injury because he had a Kevlar helmet on. Now, in response to the riots in Ferguson, and we all remember what that was about, that was about a crazy black guy who attacked a police officer and got shot in the process. And Black Lives Matter came out and rioted, and the anarchists came out and rioted, and the Communist Party came out and rioted, and Ferguson police controlled, helped control those riots by using the Bearcat, which basically just sat there, didn't do anything, but provided them with an armored vehicle. In response to that, Obama ordered not only that no more, because these are vehicles built by the federal government for the military, and then they are loaned out or given to police departments around the country to help protect officers, to help them control situations like this that occurred in Orlando. And Obama ordered not only that no more of these vehicles and no more of these Kevlar helmets keep a police officers alive. No more of that sort of thing was supposed to be given to local police departments. In fact, they were ordered to return anything they had been given. Many of those police departments, and apparently Orlando was one of them, said, we're not giving anything back. These are things that can protect our officers and help us stop terrorism, and we're not giving it back. So they had it, and they were able to use it. But that's where Obama's philosophy is here. Disarm our police officers. Make it more difficult for them to fight crime and terrorism. Punish them for anything they do that Obama and Black Lives Matter thinks might be improper. And protect radical Islamic terrorists protect the Muslims from being held responsible 
for what members of their religion do. And not all Muslims are terrorists. But all terrorists seem to be Muslims. That's some food for thought. We need more and more Islamic leaders to come out and condemn ISIS, to come out and call for the destruction of ISIS. And if they're leaders of countries, Muslim countries in the Middle East, to join in the effort to destroy ISIS. Something interesting was brought up today about Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton has talked about the fact that this was a gay bar that was attacked. And she abhors the reasoning, possible reasoning, that the shooter was homophobic. And, of course, she blames that on many people in this country, including the NRA, which has no stand on it one way or the other. But she also has billed herself as a big protector of women and women's rights. Yet the Clinton Foundation has received millions of dollars over the past few years from governments like Saudi Arabia or from people that work in these and live in these countries. Hundreds of millions of dollars from governments where women are subjected to being virtual slaves. In Saudi Arabia, they can't go to school, they can't hold a job, they can't go out in public unless accompanied by a man, they can't drive cars, they're virtual slaves. Homosexuals are executed in countries like that. So here's this champion of women's rights, this champion of gay rights, who willingly accepts contributions from countries where women have no rights and gays have no rights and are in fact persecuted. How's that for utter hypocrisy? Donald Trump has finally started to mention that, thank goodness, because it's something that people need to be aware of. A lot of people out there, I'm not sure, will care. There are a lot of people out there who are going to vote for Hillary Clinton simply because her name is Clinton, because she is a liberal Democrat, or because she's a woman. None of those, to me, justify electing anybody to be president in the United States. But that's what we're looking at. And if she becomes the president, she is going to abolish the Second Amendment, do everything she can. How is she going to do it? She's going to do it by appointing far-left Supreme Court justices. Now, just this past week, we had something occur in the federal court in California, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which is notoriously liberal, which basically said that there is no constitutional right to have a concealed weapon permit. Now, we contend that that is part of the Second Amendment. 
if you qualify for it, you should be able to have it. You should be able to carry a concealed weapon. But the Ninth Circuit says no. We don't think people ought to have that right. But the Second Amendment doesn't really mean what it says, even though the Supreme Court has twice agreed that the right to keep and bear arms is a constitutional right, an individual right, not a collective right belonging only to the National Guard of the militia. If that decision is allowed to stand, and the state of California and many other states around the country will ban concealed weapon permits, because some of them have been trying to do it for years. Washington, D.C. has done it and continues to defy court orders telling them they can't do it. That case will not reach the United States Supreme Court until after the presidential election in November. If Donald Trump is elected president, hopefully he will fulfill his campaign contribution and appoint one of the people that he has listed as being under consideration for Supreme Court justice. All of those people are pro-Second Amendment. Hillary, on the other hand, will appoint the farthest left person she can find to the Supreme Court. And if the Democrats have taken control of the Senate, they will easily get that person confirmed. Even if they haven't taken control of the Senate, we have enough wimpy Republicans in there who will probably go along with whatever she wants to do. And we will have that decision by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld. And you'll see the weapons permits will be outlawed in many states and possibly outlawed federally. I mean, if Hillary Clinton is president and the Democrats control Congress, they will pass legislation that would make it a nationwide mandate and law that you cannot get a concealed weapons permit. That's what we're looking at here. That's how important this presidential election is. And that's why people have to realize who Hillary Clinton is. It's become clear to me now that Hillary is not going to be indicted for the numerous criminal acts she's committed with his private email server. I mean, she's violated the federal espionage laws. Do what it boils down to. She could actually be tried for treason. There are numerous federal laws she's been tried for. Whistleblowers throughout the uh, Obama administration have been prosecuted for revealing information that Obama didn't want revealed. Yet Hillary Clinton basically put classified information on an unsecured server allow the Russians, the Chinese, whoever wanted to hack into it, to hack into it. But she's not going to be prosecuted for it. The FBI, hopefully, is going to come out and recommend prosecution. But Obama is not going to allow Loretta Lynch to prosecute Hillary. Obama has endorsed Hillary. He's counting on Hillary to give him his third term. Because let's face it, what are the Clintons interested in? Power and money. Money first. They will use the term in the White House to loot the federal government. 
you infer that they've already done so, to enhance their coffers, Hillary Clinton will owe Obama and will do whatever he tells her because she's not going to be prosecuted by him for crimes she's clearly committed. But let's take our second break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Let's shift gears here for a minute because there's something else I want to talk to you about today. And I'm actually going to ask for your help because I'm doing some research and I'm finding out a lot of information, but in some ways I'm hitting a stone wall. Something came up that I've learned about last night and started looking into. And that is that the Orlando shooter had heard he was employed as a security guard. And he was employed by a company called G4S. That's the letter G, the numeral 4, and the letter S. That stands for Group 4 Security. And supposedly... These people were not aware that this guy had been questioned by the FBI on two occasions. He had all the federal licenses he needed, all the, the right to keep him, to carry a concealed weapon. Supposedly, they'd done all the background checks on him and found nothing untoward. And even after the it came out that he'd been interviewed twice by the FBI suspicious activities and had been actively connected to an American who had gone over Syria and become a suicide bomber for Al-Qaeda. The company said, oh, we didn't know anything about that. 
and they denied that one of their employers, employees had reported Mateen for coming out with anti-American statements, for coming out, coming out with saying that he wanted to kill people, talking about committing atrocities, talking about radical Islam, and the company says, oh, we didn't know anything about that. This man never reported anything to us. Well, I saw an interview with him last night, and obviously he's telling the truth. He has no reason to lie. And he did report this on numerous occasions. And now the company, G4S, has come out and said, well, yeah, we did know about the first FBI investigation, but not about the second. Now, this guy was kept on by this company, despite the fact that they were aware that he had made threats, that he was a potential terrorist. They kept him on. Why didn't they get rid of him? Because he was a Muslim? Or because he was protected by somebody else? And this is what I need your help on. I need you to, if you know anything about this company, Group 4 Security, Email me at michael at usjfmail.net and let me know what you know or what you've found out. Here's what I've found out so far. G4S is a British-based company that owns a subsidiary that actually bought something called the Wackenhut Corporation, which was a security company in this country. And both these organizations, by the way, have very checkered past. There's a lot of questionable stuff that I'm uncovering here. But the current name for G4S in the United States is G4S Security Solutions USA Incorporated. They're based in Jupiter, Florida. The original G4S, the whole organization claims to operate in 100 countries worldwide, and have over 600,000 employees, 50,000 in the United States. So I've been trying to find out who are these people and who do they work for. Well, it turns out that they work for the Department of State and are involved in security in 54 embassies around the world, U.S. embassies. These are the guys that let a known potential terrorist stay on their payroll, and they're securing our embassies. The American subsidiary currently has security contracts worth millions, hundreds of millions of dollars with states and local governments and with the federal government. Contracts to do work at Guantanamo Bay in the past contracts, like I said, to provide security for our embassies. I have not been able to find out if they were with a security company that was supposed to be doing private security for Benghazi. I do know that it was a British security company, big security company, that the State Department hired the assistance of Hillary Clinton to do this. Is there a Clinton connection here? I am getting rumors 
but there is a Clinton connection. And it may involve donations to the Clinton Foundation. But so far, it's all rumors. And that's why, if you know anything about this, if you have access to research that you can send to me, please do so. Again, at Michael at USJFmail.net. I also have determined, for a fact, that G4S has government contracts with the Department of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, with the U.S. Army, with the U.S. Air Force, with NASA, and other government agencies. What are they doing for the Department of Homeland Security? Well, this is kind of interesting. They are apparently, their primary task is to provide fortified buses on the border with Mexico. And they take and transport illegals who are OTMs. The OTM stands for other than Mexican. These are from Central American countries and maybe gang members, criminals or other kinds. They don't know. And some of these are known to come from Middle Eastern countries. They're not vetted. They've already broken American laws by entering the country illegally. But G4S is tasked with taking them away from the border and delivering them to American cities around the country. Just basically dumping them. They are essentially assisting in violating federal law, assisting the Obama administration. So that's one of the jobs they have. They're not helping secure this country. What else do these guys know? What else are they doing? Who are they? That's a big question. Is who are these people? They have all of these government contracts to provide security at military bases, at embassies, security for federal agencies. Yet they have in their employ at least one now known terrorist who killed 49 Americans and wounded 53. And they kept him on the job, even when they knew he was under investigation for possible terrorist ties. So, how many more like him are out there looking all over the world looking, working for this shadow, shadowy organization? Help me find out. I'm going to be posting this article with what I've learned probably tonight or tomorrow. And everybody needs to take a look at it. It'll be on my website at www.michaelconnelly.jigsy.com. You can go to that link, or you can go through the link on America's Web Radio on my web on my page, show page there, and you can take a look at the blog and send me your comments. Let me know if you've ever heard of this group or if you know anybody who's ever heard of it. Put them in contact with me. I'm 
very concerned about what I'm finding out so far. I'm not going to talk about all of it on the show today because some of it is unconfirmed. And I want to be able to confirm stuff before I come out and say it. But let's, let's put it this way. My suspicions have been aroused. I'm a former military intelligence officer. I was trained to gather intelligence and information and analyze it and come to conclusions about what it means. So far, the information I'm getting about this group is very troublesome to me. And nobody else out there seems to be really taking an interest in it, although I have found an article by a writer for the Washington Post who apparently is, is on the same trail I am and has confirmed some of the things that I had found out. And I'm going to try to get in contact with him and maybe share information with him because he seems to, to have some pretty good information. But he's also sort of shooting in the dark at this point. There appears to be a lot of stuff out there that we don't know about. This is a very shadowy organization. It appears to want to stay in the shadows. Yeah, they got a fancy website and all this stuff, but they refuse basically to share any information about this terrorist. And to, you know, they put on their website, oh, we're sorry this happened, and, and we had vetted this guy, and we had done background checks on this guy, and nothing had showed up. Well, that's another question. If they truly did background checks on this guy, and nothing showed up, why did he not show up? Supposedly this guy had a history of domestic violence. Supposedly he had made statements about wanting to be a terrorist, to kill people. Yet he's a fully licensed security officer, legally able to carry and purchase firearms. So how did he fall through the cracks unless he had help from somebody in the government or at least from the people he worked for? So help me out here, folks, if you can. Again, it's Group 4 Security, G4S. Put that into Google and you should be able to find things out about it. Oh, and, and while we're on the subject of Google, we're not really on the subject, but I'm going to bring something else up. There has been a lot of rumors going around that Google is protecting Hillary Clinton from any articles that are negative about her, anything dealing with, with what she's been doing or was doing as Secretary of State. We'll go into that right after this last break. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. 
Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. The United States Justice Foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. What I was talking about before the break was, uh, you know, people have been saying that Google, <clears throat> uh, the premier search engine in this country, is protecting Hillary Clinton. By If you Google to find out information about scandals involving Clinton, about her email server, or negative things about the Clintons in general, that you're not going to find much on Google. I decided a couple of nights ago to try this on my own. And I started going to Google, and I would put things in like articles about Hillary Clinton and her email. Or I put in negative articles about Hillary Clinton's campaign. And I used three or four other search terms. And what kept coming up over and over again on the first two or three pages, if I put in negative articles about Hillary Clinton, what I got were a list of articles written by people who were attacking those who say negative things about Hillary Clinton. In other words, it was all in defense of Clinton. There was nothing about the articles themselves that had been attacking her about the negative implications. They were attacks on the people who wrote those articles. Same thing about the email situation. Everything that came up was basically saying that it was blown out of proportion or denying it that there was a problem. Everything was in defense of Hillary Clinton. So what we've got is we've got Google out there trying to control the information that we receive. We've got Facebook trying to control the information that we receive, deliberately misleading people about what's trending, taking down posts that they find offensive to the left-wing philosophy of Zuckerman. We have other Internet servers, providers out there, that routinely block 
emails from people like me, conservative commentators. I think those of you that are on my email list know that I sent you an email a few months ago as a test run because I was getting huge numbers of my emails being blocked. It was mostly being done by Comcast, by Yahoo, and a couple of other servers. Apparently the trigger, we finally tracked down what the trigger was, apparently the trigger was the URL to my conservative blog site that included an email. Because these emails were sent out to people notifying them of the posting of a new article on the site. And that was enough to trigger my emails being blocked. Now, for several years, my emails to anybody with a military or U.S. Army email address have been blocked. And the Army would always send me out an email or put a notice up saying that it was blocked specifically because of the content of the website. Apparently, this government does not want our military members to learn about the Constitution or to read articles about the Constitution or to read articles that are critical of Obama and Hillary Clinton. So this is going on now in a number of different areas, and it's going to get worse. It is getting worse. Goebbels would be proud, the propaganda minister of Adolf Hitler. Joseph Goebbels, yeah, he would be proud. This is an onslaught. It's an all-out effort to tell us what we can listen to, what we can hear, eventually to tell us what we can think, what we can say. I mean, free speech in this country is just being wiped out. By the way, if you want to read my latest article, because I'm going to post this other, this new one the next day or two, but the latest article I posted just about a week ago on my website at www.michaelconnelly.com, that article is called The Wimpiest Generation. If you haven't read it, go take a look at it. Basically what I do there is I compare the greatest generation, the men and women who lived during the, through the Great Depression and then fought a war on two fronts in Europe and the Pacific and won, compared those people to the current crop of college students and millennials we have who are begging for safe zones on their campuses so that they don't have to hear somebody say that they oppose abortion or promote the Second Amendment or believe in the right to keep and wear bare arms, or the right of freedom of religion, or even to mention that they're Christians. They want to be protected from this. You realize that right now in this country, with the cuts to our military, that only 1% of the families in the United States have anybody in their family that is either a veteran or currently in the military. That's despite the fact that there are 23 million veterans in this country, but many of them are dying off very quickly. So 
talk about this, and I'm talking about how this wimpiest generation demands their free stuff. I started working when I was 15 years old. I worked during the summers. I mowed lawns. I shined shoes. I worked as a camp counselor. I paid my way through college working offshore in the oil fields during the summer. I had student loans, and they were a burden after I graduated from law, college and law school. Because in law school, I couldn't work during the summers. I had to go to school during the summers or finish in three years. So I made student loans, and they were a burden. But I paid them off relatively quickly. It never occurred to me that anybody else had to pay them off for me. For example, the taxpayers. Yet, we have these millennials out there demanding free stuff. They want free education. They want free health care. They want basically not to have to work for a living. Many of them live with mommy and daddy. Feeling that not only the parents, their parents all money, but so the federal government. It's a different deal now, and we need to be aware of what the government is trying to do to our children through the school system, through the universities. But it's not just the universities; this goes all the way down to elementary school, where political correctness is running amok. And political correctness is getting people killed. I will readily use the term radical Islamic terrorism or Islamic terrorism. And the fact of the matter is that we are dealing with a religion that is not, in fact, a religion. It is a political movement. It wants to promote Sharia law. It wants everybody in the world to live under Sharia law, which allows you to be killed simply because you are not a Muslim. Yet we have no real effort in this country to stop Sharia law except here in Texas. In Oklahoma, the people of Oklahoma voted for a constitutional amendment. 70% of them voted for it that would prohibit Sharia law from being used in the courts in Oklahoma. They were sued by a Muslim leader and by Eric Holder, the former Attorney General of the United States, sued for passing a law discriminating against radical Islam, essentially. Check out my website, www.michaelconnelly.com. Order a couple of copies of my book of our Constitution. Give them out to your friends. Give them out to particular kids who are not being taught about our Constitution in their schools. In that booklet, I take each article, each section, each amendment of the Constitution. I put them in the way they were originally written, and I put in my comments about what they actually mean. 
very eye-opening information to a lot of people, but particularly the kids. Because they're being taught, for example, in school that the words separation of church and state were in the Constitution. They are not, never have been. So check out my website. You can also see the book, other books I've written on there. And uh, I've got a new one, new novel coming out in the next couple of months called The Rag. I'll let you know more about that as things develop. It's in the hands of the publisher right now. And my book, The Mortimer, about my dad's year during World War II, is, is still very popular. It's available on Amazon, Kindle, and the paperback. So is Amigalia, Story of America, my patriotic novel. So check all that out on my website. Thank you for listening in today. I look forward to talking to you again next week. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.